What's up? Manny Garavito going live. Manny Comedy Podcast. Back at it again. Back to back. What's today? Wednesday? Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Thank you all for tuning in. Yeah. Another lovely day in Miami. Nothing but rain, traffic, and depression. Oh, this is the kind of weather that makes you contemplate life. Am I right? You guys out there ever wake up early in the morning and just ask yourself, what is it all about? Oh, no, not another day. What's this day all about? I find the beauty in life every single day, guys, and I am grateful. All right, never go, never get into living a life that you're not grateful about. Be grateful, okay? That's the number one thing. If you're grateful, you're going to have a good day. But even through the gratefulness, I can't stand some of the things. <laughs> right? It's normal to not like some things, right? What's up, say, Walt? Happy hump day. That's right, Sarah. Welcome back, Ceci Rome. Kalita uh, says, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, man. So it's just one of those days where you're just thinking about, uh, well, for me, like I'm just here thinking about stuff, you know? You just wake up and you just feel lethargic. You just feel like, uh, what, what, what would life be like if I just got in my car and just went away? <laughs> what would it be like if I just got in my car and just drove and just kept on driving until I snapped out of it and was like, wait a second, wait a second. I have a show tonight. Oh, shit, I forgot, right? You just want to forget. Uh, that's how I felt this morning. I don't know why. Maybe it's the weather. Uh, maybe it's the fact that I am uh, in my garage most of the time, but I do productive things. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you how I am able, am able to feel grateful, feel happy, contemplate life, a certain kind of stoicism that allows you to just be okay with whatever happens. See, because life is like, it goes up and down, right? You feel good one day, and then you feel like, oh, man, not another day, right? Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's wrong, unless it's like a chemical imbalance, and you got to go see a psychiatrist, get that prescription, and, you know, do what it is you got to do. But for regular folks that are in balance, kind of get emotional about things or, you know, get illogical about life itself, and you kind of, like, start getting existential, and the existentialis existentialism brings you down, that's normal. But here's what you do. You got to have a sense of humor. You got to laugh at yourself and you got to laugh at everything around you. That's how you get out of that funk. Because sense of humor is not only a defense, like Mel Brooks says, to live life, but it's also a really good way to contemplate about it. Because a lot of philosophers out there, they contemplated life up until the point where they were suicidal. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, when you ask too many questions, you're just like, there's no hope. It's over for us. Right? Look at Nietzsche. Nietzsche contemplated life up until the point that he went nuts. You went in too deep, Nietzsche. When you stare into the abyss, it stares back. A humorist would be like, and when it stares back, you say, what the fuck you looking at? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, that was bad. But still, you gotta, you know, you gotta enjoy the humor, man. Um, yeah, sometimes not having a good sense of humor allows you to, uh, uh, see the see things darker if they're already dark, uh, but you never want to go overboard because people with a sense of humor get a little cynical, right? And that 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 
that personality trait, I never, I think the reason why I, I never wanted to succumb to that cynical side of comedy, I think the reason why is because I've been through that. I remember in my 20s, after I went through my breakup, I was very cynical up until the point that nobody wanted to hang out. And then I became like that dark comedian kind of guy. I don't want to be that guy, you know, and I, I recommend a lot of people don't take the Joker movies seriously. <laughs> Come on, man. There's a lot of people out there that take the Joker movies a little too seriously. And then they, you know, they, they post that, that picture quote of the Joker smoking a cigar. Never trust anybody. hundred percent. I thought the Joker was supposed to say jokes. What's with this dark stuff, bro. This ain't funny. You can't put on a clown face and call yourself Joker when you're dark. Edgar Allan Poe, why don't you what, dress gothic? All right. I know a gothic person when I see one and it's not somebody with a clown face on. Anyways, I digress. Uh, to find your sense of humor, how important is it for you? Are you, are you even one of those that wants to find your sense of humor? Or are you those kind of people that just, you know, everything is serious, right? Like if you go into an office and you're doing a meeting, is it, is it serious? Do we all got to, you know, succumb to this seriousness? Oh, everybody behave. Everybody behave that we're doing a meeting about business. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Right. Are you one of those or are you the kind of person that you want to find the humor? So ask yourself, if you really want to find your sense of humor, give it a priority on a scale of one to 10. What kind of priority do you have in finding your sense of humor? And if it's really high, like if it's seven, eight or nine, 10, I say it's your responsibility to go out there and figure it out. Um, true comedians think differently than most people. Okay. And if you make it a priority, you're going to have to go against the grain every once in a while. And to do that, uh, you have to, you have to make yourself laugh first, fuck everybody else, make yourself laugh first. And then you're going to start figuring out what makes, what makes you laugh more in detail, because sometimes people are passive with their sense of humor, right? They never really uh, question it or why they laugh at certain things. Like some of my coaching clients, when it comes to a sense of humor, they never really understood why something is funny and not something else. Um, you know, like, um, and I remember I, I, I was like talking to someone that was really into like, uh, I don't know, like slapstick stuff, right? Like he loved Robin Williams and he loved the three stooges and he loved, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And as I was figuring out his sense of humor, I was like, well, what would you label that? And he says, well, I label it as happy go lucky. I label it as fun. I label it as friendliness. And then I go, well, there's your sense of humor. You, your, your sense of humor is within that realm of like ribbing somebody. Hey, everybody. Right. That whole thing. And then surely enough, the guy started going out and then he started giving that vibe to everybody he met and he started duplicating his sense of humor to his everyday life. And I go, there you go, buddy. I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny about humor. It starts with H U M like human, right? And I think humor is human. I think that's what I, I wrote that quote, by the way, hold on. I got to change my rain jacket. I thought I was going to be able to handle it. I just came back from driving in this Miami traffic guys. Hey, LU Venus is on the line, our sponsor. Uh, I just came back from driving around, and I got to admit, man, Miami traffic is really acting up today. Woo! Um, 
have to go to downtown real quick. All right. Anyways, uh, a true comedian understands that uh, in order for you to be funny, other people have to be involved. So once you find out what makes you laugh, you then go out in the world and then you try to figure out, well, how can I use what I like and share it, for lack of a better term, with other people? How do you share what makes you laugh to people you don't know? And I was talking about this last night over at Sweet Caroline Bar, right? Because I, I, I don't know, this past week, I've just been so existential. I go up on stage and I go, is anybody out here in the audience, like, ever, do you guys ever want to, like, do you guys ever have a dream of going up on stage and just making strangers laugh? And nobody wooed, nobody clapped, nobody agreed. And I go, great career choices. What a weird thing it is. And this is me 12 years in. What a weird thing it is to go on stage and why do you want to make strangers laugh? I don't even know your name. I got to come up here and entertain you, right? I feel like uh, uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. I, I, well, I'm a, am I a clown to you? Do I got to make you laugh? Just today, I posted that meme about me with my superimposed face dressed as a gesture, right? And then at the bottom in the comments, people are telling me how to be funny. It's like, dude, it, are you a comedian too? Have you been doing this for you? Don't use Twitter to test your jokes. Like, have you ever written a joke in the first place, buddy? <laughs> I don't even know the people that every time, every time somebody pokes their face into my comments to criticize and judge my sense of humor, I've never seen them before. <laughs> right? You know those people in your, time, in, your, in your friends list, they show up on your timeline. You've never seen them. They don't like your stuff, but when, when you show your neck just a little bit, right? You just, hey, you know, I'm not, uh, they just come in, <laughs> just show up. They're like, who are you, man? I'm here to find any opportunity to make you feel bad. And I'm gone. Oh, <laughs> uh, Berna. Uh, you know what, Berna? Let's get in. Let's get, get you in here. What's up, Berna? Ashley Nicole, the master, Salen. Welcome, guys. All right, man. We got some people. What's up, Berna? What's going on, man? How you doing? Miami Comedy in the building. How you feeling? You're in the building. What's your name? My name is Wait, I got one. Wait. You better roll the R's. You better roll the R's, Fernando. What's going on? What's up, man? What do you got? So, you know, I'm a, I do comedy and I just moved to Miami. So I'm just networking on Instagram, just, you know, respecting. I see a lot of, and you know what I like about it too? It's like, I don't know why, but it's like a lot of, like, Miami is like real, like, black. Right. You got all the, like a good couple of Latin guys out there doing their thing, man. Shout out to all the Latin guys doing their thing with the comedy. Yeah. All right. So, so shout so out to all I, the Latinos in Miami. Trying to find out where can I go perform. All right, where well, can I go? just send me directions. Sure thing, man. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? This is a great segue into promo. If you want to perform tonight, we're going to be over at Casa Tiki and Focal Brewery, eight and nine o'clock. Oh my, that's dope. Two that's shows dope, in man. Wednesday. Wow, are they close by to each other? No, not really. Focal Brewery is up in um, Little River, so it's more North Miami. And then uh, it, the Casa Tiki is in Calle Ocho. Okay, all right. So I could just go on your page and then just have the information. Yep, MiamiComedy.com slash events. It's all there. I want to say, man, big ups to you, man. I, I, it's good to see somebody that's like, you know, similar to me, man, doing anything, man. 
I ain't oh, going to hold you too much, though. man. I just wanted to show love. Just let y'all know I'm going to be in Miami, bitches. Y'all better come through. Check me out. <laughs> All right, Fernando. I'll see you at a All show right. real soon, man. Thanks for tuning in. All right, there you go, guys. Shout out to Fernando and uh, giving us uh, an opportunity to uh, shout out our shows. Is Fernando off my screen? Get off my, get off my screen, man. Remove. Remove burner. There we go. All right. Back at it. Uh, so Fernando is going to find his sense of humor real soon, hopefully. Uh, a lot of people want to uh, become comedians, but very few actually go out and pursue it. So Fernando, if you're still tuning in, I really hope that uh, you do it, man. Because stand-up comedy is one of those weird things that once you do it, you have to do it for a very long time in order to make it as a stand-up comedian. But as I become more and more existential with my career path, here's what I've learned. Uh, stand-up comedy is kind of, I hate to say it. You know what? Let's say it. Because it's, it's been on my mind for a very long time. Stand-up comedy is very traditional. I said it. I said it. I think it's, it's a very old-school way of doing comedy. Wow. This, is, this coming out of my mouth feels very weird, but I think stand-up comedy is, uh, is outdated. I think it's a very old-school way to entertain people, and I feel like the next level of stand-up comedy is learning how to make people laugh in a more convenient way. Fuck. Wow, saying this is really difficult, man, because imagine dedicating... 12 years of your life trying to pursue stand-up comedy. And then the more you get into it, the more you start learning about it, the more you start seeing things change over time, especially after the pandemic. Um, I can safely say that stand-up comedy is now like second, is like a secondary art form to the real art form that is writing comedy itself. Wow, dude, this feels so weird to say. <laughs> it feels like, it feels like uh, the last 12 years of my life has provided a lot of benefit, but it's time to say goodbye. You know, it's time to say goodbye to that phase. I mean, I'm still going to do it, but am I going to do it up until I get a Netflix special? Probably not. You know, I'm probably not going to pursue that, you know, put a poster with my face on it. Come see Manny Garavito. Hey, with the, you know, with the marquee. Uh, I really feel that, um, that, you know, it's kind of a long shot. It's kind of like a lottery. And even those that have made it, those that make a name for themselves in stand-up comedy, eventually uh, either, you know, like the tides, it just comes, you have your moment, there's a trend, and then you're gone. And then, you know, another one comes in, there's a trend, then you're gone. And I've seen a lot of comedians that I've looked up to that aren't really getting as much gigs as they used to. And I've seen a lot of stand-up comedians that, you know, have succumbed to a different kind of lifestyle because they were big, let's say, like in the 90s. And then now they're like, you know, so I feel... Like, if you really want to be a comedian, the best thing you can do is figure out what your sense of humor is and then going out into the world and duplicating it, whether it's with amongst your friends or your family or if they hire you at a party or if you, you know, help your scene grow or if you coach somebody or if you write sketches or you do a podcast, you know, that kind of thing. Because that way you have direct access to sharing your sense of humor with the people that like it, right? Because um, in stand-up comedy, the reason why that art form is so, uh, I guess, appreciated is because you're making a room full of strangers laugh that don't know each other. And you're, you're so funny that even if it's like, you know, a World War II vet and somebody that just came out of some sort of 
traumatic experience with their ex or whatever, or a couple over here, or, you know, uh, uh, an engagement party over here, they all come together and they laugh, right? Like that's, that's kind of admirable as a stand-up comedian. Uh, so, but if you go online and you, you do something where it convenes a community that appreciates your sense of humor, your sense of humor then lives, you know, digitally, which is pretty, pretty incredible. You know how many times me or someone I've seen in the local comedy scene do really good on stage. They absolutely crush it. Like there's been times where I do crowd work and I say some things that come out of my mouth that are hilarious and no one was really there other than that group of people to experience that. Like it becomes like your comedy becomes like a secret. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if you go online and you try to find a way to put your sense of humor out there, it kind of lives more and then people can find it later, right? Like if you put a sketch on YouTube, people can find your, your comedy later on. Like they could put a search or something and then, you know, whatever. Uh, all right. Halfway, halfway point. Let me get to the reads here. Um, LU Venus, everybody. Our sponsor is a health insurance agent and a subject matter expert in the world of health insurance. So use him as a resource. If you have questions, he has answers. The people he helps the most are those who do not have health insurance because they believe it to be unaffordable and those who do have insurance and are complaining about how much it costs. He can help anyone anywhere with anything regarding their health insurance. So call him today, 305-335-3944. What's up, Isaac? What's up, Isabella? Marcelo, welcome. Uh, Genesita. All right, moving it right along. Um, uh, there's, here's a really good quote that I wrote, uh, well, that I copied. Uh, from someone called Henry Ward Beecher that says, a person with a sense of humor is like a wagon without springs, jolted by every pebble in the road. Oh, and what a great way to get into the second part of the show, guys. Uh, I find the people that don't have a sense of humor to be some of the most gullible people I've ever met. Think about all the people that are gullible in your life. And for those that don't know the word gullible, and sorry to come off so so forward by, by saying that, but gullibility means that anything sways you and anything that is presented to you in a certain particular way, you believe in face value, right? Look at what's going on in the world now. Like every news article is being taken in or fought against, you know, like people don't know how to make fun of stuff or to see the funny things in the world around them. So they, they kind of get affected by it very uh differently almost to the point where they get upset for no reason look at a nun <laughs> a nun is probably I, I remember man when i was growing up catholic some of the some of the nuns i met man they were just some of the most angriest old ladies i've ever met in my life man it's like the, everything upset them everything is is a serious issue everything is you're going to hell right like that's a great example of someone that's very gullible i find nuns to be extremely gullible people because they don't have a sense of humor why do toddlers laugh more than adults? Because they don't take shit seriously. They're, they're in the world. They're hanging out. They're pushing buttons. They're knocking over TVs. They say the darndest things, right? Because they haven't been succumbed to the gullibility of life just yet. So getting in touch with your sense of humor is a very important thing. It's a, I actually think it's a skill. Now, look, there's a generational thing happening in real, in real time. If you were born, I'd say like, 
85 to 95, if you were born within those 10 years, you're able to see life before big tech and life after big tech. Like you guys, with being born within those that that decade, you're able to see when things were like split, right? Like the dichotomy, right? So I think that the generation after 95, when cell phones, the internet, Wi-Fi, high speed, I think that generation has been sensitized very quickly because the, uh, the internet kind of gives them like a bubble. And then within that bubble, they kind of like, it's an echo chamber. And then they believe whatever they look up on Google or whatever AOL chat they were on or whatever group chat they're on WhatsApp, you know, like imagine being born into a, a world that you can create for yourself. And then anything outside of that world is offensive. That's, I think that's what's going on with uh, technology, that it's our bubbles have gotten so in front of us that like even a sense of humor can be insulting to somebody because of that bubble, right? And so I'm, I'm learning this now, right? This is new to me, all right? So bear with me here while I try to uh, articulate what I'm trying to get at here. Because of this bubble and sensitivity, a sense of humor is sometimes seen as uh, as as something that can threaten that reality, and that's what it is. Like some people are so attached to that reality that if someone were to present something playful that is not balanced to the way they see whatever bubble they're in, it's offensive. Okay. It's because their sense of humor is protected. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I like the way that came out. Um, so a sense of humor has to be, the more open-minded you are in comedy, in humor, the more realities you can take in and the more you can see things differently. Because if you just want to see something one way and this is the only way, you can't be a good comedian because it's like you, you can't, you don't want to go past that. It, it doesn't feel safe over there. I can't talk about that. I can't hear those things. It's almost like if somebody were to say something of a particular topic, you kind of like get hurt, right? You know, like those words hurt people. I'm not judging you, but I am pointing out what it is that, that what it, what that is. And that's you're sheltered <laughs> for lack of a better term. And you're just, you're just sheltered and uh, a sense of humor can uh, help you get out of that shelter. It can help you see the world a little bit differently. Like I was just like last night, man, I was riffing on racism and I, and you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I go on stage and I go, racism ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. Racism allows us to understand people. It's only bad if it's malicious, right? If you say, I like Asian women, you're kind of being racist. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh my God, what do you mean you like Asian women? It's like, look at her face. She's Asian. What's the problem? It's not like I want to hurt her. I just want to date her. Right? So like saying things like that is like playful. I'm not saying anything offensive, but some people can find it offensive. It's my preference. You can't say anything against that. And so a sense of humor allows you to have fun with taboo topics when the world won't let you. You know what I mean? It, it kind of gets it out of the way. It's like, all right, I broke the ice. I said my truth. 
I presented it logically and humorously. And no one, but no one wants to see it my way. You know, then fuck them. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think the best thing you can do right now uh, to find your sense of humor is you got to like, uh, you got to define it. You got to understand it uh, well. It can't just be something that you watch passively and then laugh. You have to like label it. Like, what would you label your sense of humor? And when you go out there, can you point it out? Oh, I like that because it's, it's edgy. Or I like that because it's, it's telling the truth. Or I like that because it's slapstick. You can't make everybody laugh. I mean, yeah, I don't really think it's possible to make everybody laugh. Like if you were to get uh, strangers in the street and like line them up and then you would be like, all right, guys, you want to hear a joke? And then you say the joke. There's going to be more, most likely there's going to be somebody that's not going to think you're funny. And fuck them. You know, you're not creating comedy for them specifically. All right. Let's keep it going. What's up to everybody tuning in? We're here talking about sense of humor in 2022, uh, 2021 moving forward. Uh, so uh, how do you make it a habit? First, you got to ask yourself, one of the best times for your sense of humor to kick in? Um, is it at work, with your children, with your boss? And then when you find something funny, you then got to go and write it down. You got to write it down because you got to have a conscious connection to it. You got to, you got to be aware of it. Like when you laugh, you got to be like, ha, ha, wait a second. Why is that funny? Why is that funny? No, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out why I laughed at it. And you know what they say when you describe something that's funny, it's no longer funny. Fuck it. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because it, when, you, when, you start, uh, when you start dissecting humor, you're going to find your humor to be even better. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good insight. It sucks dissecting humor on the spot, but then your sense of humor gets better over time if you continue dissecting it. Because some of the simple-minded things you might be laughing at, when you dissect it, the next thing you laugh at is going to be an even better version of that. Oh, shit. This is some good stuff. I'm glad I went live today, guys. This is some great stuff for my coaching. Yeah, the more you dissect humor, the better the better things you'll laugh at, like the more things you'll find funny, the more things you'll appreciate in comedy, the more, the more you'll look for stuff that makes you laugh. You know, sometimes you'll even go to a movie where everybody's like, this is hilarious. You got to go see it. And you're like, this, you guys laugh at this. And then it makes you want to go even deeper into comedy and be like, what, well, what can I really laugh at? And then you find it, you find this gem. That's like a beautiful piece of genuine comedy. You're like, that is hilarious. And then it just makes your sense of humor better because then you go out in the world and you start recreating that shit. And then now people think you're a funny person because you've dissected humor up until the point where you can just recreate it like that. Oh, this is some good stuff. I hope you guys are taking notes. All right. I usually charge $250 an hour for my coaching. You guys are getting 30 minutes on the house. Um, another great thing about finding your sense of humor, guys, is that when you find your sense of humor, the secret to it all, of course, other than having fun, because you can't have funny without fun. That's my quote. You can't have funny without fun. Um, but the second thing I'd say is uh, if you really start dissecting humor or comedy, rather, something starts happening where your brain starts seeing connections fast, fast. You start seeing two things and you can quickly start deciphering 
like the connection between them is like, okay, this one's like this and this one's like that. Well, what's the similarities? And then you can come up with a list of similarities and then you come up with a list of things that are different. And then those things start coming together in your mind in, in, a, in a more faster pace than others. So, and that's what allows you to be witty and quick because you're, it, you're, because you've dissected humor so much that you can see these connections a lot more faster than, than the common folk because they're not actively pursuing their sense of humor. They're passively laughing at things. When you're actively figuring out your sense of humor, your brain, because you know, like, for example, like if you ever want to go buy a car and you think about like, let's say a, a make and model of a car, uh, all of a sudden you start seeing that car everywhere, right? Like, Oh, look, there's that car I want. Oh, it looks, it looks good in that model or that year, or it looks good in that color. Your brain is like, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. It's the same with figuring out your sense of humor. When you're actively trying to figure out what makes you laugh or how you can make others laugh, there might be an awkward point. I'm not going to lie because some people try a little too hard to be funny, but if you do it where it's natural and your brain starts picking it up, these connections come so fast that sometimes it comes out of your mouth before you even think it. Like the reason I do this podcast is to force myself to say stuff randomly so that eventually a joke comes out and I go, that's funny. And I go on Evernote, I go write it down. I make a tweet about it or a meme or a sketch. And then that idea, then like, you know, it grows from there. All right. Last few points, guys. Uh, When you present something said in humor, people are more likely to be able to listen because it's disarming when you do it right. Uh, Humor comes from like things like tension or surprise or, uh, you know, describing things in a way that someone else didn't see and i i use it in lots of scenarios man like if if i ever see like the tension building up or if i ever see like somebody making it awkward for the group or something like that like my sense of humor can quickly disarm the scenario you know what i mean you know when someone shows up and they just got like a a bad vibe it's like oh this guy this guy's heavy-handed or like you know i've been on a date right and then the you know, when I'm on my date, I'm here, I'm chatting her up, I'm making her laugh. And then the waiter comes and he's got like this heavy handed. You know, hey, yo, what's up, guys? How are you? How are you? You guys doing OK? Super intense with big eyes. It's like, dude, stop doing blow with the cooks, man. Take it easy. How are you guys? You guys all right? Is this going to be a split check it together? It's like, damn, man, in the beginning of the day, we didn't even get waters yet. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> and you immediately disarm it because it's like you're you're calling it out. People with no sense of humor, they don't know how to call it. They're just, they're like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And then they kind of like succumb to the tension. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I don't like the way you pronounce scenario. How do I say it? Scenario? Um, so last but not least, uh, a good way to find your sense of humor is uh, understanding reactive and proactive. And this is, this is one of the things that I use in, in my daily writing. Uh, when you're proactively figuring out your sense of humor or what makes you laugh or, you know, nothing, something out of nothing kind of comedy, that's proactive because you're proactively like mining it. You're looking for it. You're digging it. I think Gene Perrette, which I have one of his books, Gene Perrette has a really cool quote that says, uh, writing comedy out of nothing is like taking is like trying to take a shit when you don't have to. 
which is an amazing quote. I love that quote. Writing comedy out of nothing is like taking a shit when you don't have to. And it's true. That's why a lot of people, you know, they, they go for trends and then they go for ethnicity and then they go for like these things that are like safe because they can't come up with something out of nothing. So they got to get something that already works and then rehash it. Right. So um, if you do a lot of proactive humor, eventually, uh, that's true. I've taken some funny shits. <laughs> hey, Walter coming in. Walter coming in on the last few minutes of the show. Uh, so reactive humor is exactly what Walter did. That's actually a great example. I'm glad you jumped in, Walter. Uh, when you do a lot of proactive comedy, when you're actively trying to figure it out, your brain then makes the connection to react with humor like Walter did. Because Walter used to be a comedian. Used to, right? It's like in the past, right, Walter? But Walter comes onto my show, sees me proactively doing humor, uh, and then he reactively does humor out of my proaction. So it's like a layup, you know? And then Walter just comes in. I got it from here. Bah, I've taken some funny shits. Oh! <laughs> so uh, proactive humor allows you to be more funny in the real world because you're constantly trying to find those, uh, those connections. I'll give you guys one last one. All right. I'm giving you guys nothing but gems today. If you're listening to this, all right, this is some high end. Like I, I read like five books in order to summarize exactly what I'm sharing with you right now. Um, the last thing I'll share with you, that's a great way for comedy. Uh, Walter says, still, am I just still, still am. I just had a seizure, but I'll be back with y'all soon. All right, cool, cool. Uh, looking forward to it, Walter. Uh, feel better soon. All right. Last tidbit. Um, and this is for all the people that stayed in late. Uh, there's this book called the elements of wit, and you guys got to go check out this thing called the magpie mind, the magpie mind. This isn't discussed a lot in comedy, but it has worked for me. And it's a way to be proactive and reactive with your humor. And what the magpie mind describes is a magpie is like this bird that collects things for its nest and it's very chattery. Like it, it talks a lot, right? So the reason why they call it the magpie mind is it's a person, metaphorically speaking, that goes out, finds funny, like funny things, brings it back, and then goes out in the world and tries to find their way of that thing that they brought back by chatting it, kind of like this, you know? So like I write memes, I write, uh, you know, on Evernote, I write about my day, and then I try to talk about it. And I try to like figure it out. This is my way of using the magpie mind. Okay. You guys can do it however you want, but somebody like um, Winston Churchill, which is considered one of the most uh, wittiest politicians that have, has ever lived. Like look up um, uh, Winston Churchill versus uh, Madame something. And they were kind of going back and forth and, you know, Winston Churchill with his witticism was like a whip, just, just, Back to back, um, you know, just clapping back, bro. I don't know. I read it a while ago, but it, it was interesting to see that Winston Churchill is the kind of person that uh, he would read like newspapers and like the Sunday funnies or, you know, a book by Mark Twain or like, you know, all the, the, the funny people of back in the day. 
he would get like quotes or little cartoons or comic strips or a photo or a political image or something like that. And he would collect them and he would, he would save them in, in some filing system. And I think Joan Rivers did something similar to this too. He would save them in some filing system. And then every once in a while, like, you know, he would pour a little bit of whiskey. He would light up a cigar and he'd just go over the stuff and just like, oh yeah, I remember this one. This one was funny. Yeah, this one's good too. I like this. And then he just keeps refreshing his mind from the stuff that he thought was funny, you know, in his lifetime. And then he goes out in the world and he, your brain just automatically starts seeing the opportunities to make that funny stuff. You know what I mean? And then it just connects. Like he just makes the connection. It's like, all right, I've seen this. And then he just does it and he kills it. Right. Witticism on, on, on point. So uh, that book is called the elements of wit. And the system is called the magpie mind. Uh, they even said that Jay-Z is something very similar in his rap career. Although it wasn't necessarily for jokes, it was for rhymes. Like Jay-Z would be the kind of guy, according to his biography, that when he's out with his friends or when he's out, you know, you know, in the hood or whatever, you know, he was brought up in, that he would, he would write down lyrics on a piece of paper. Like he would be hanging out or playing basketball and then he would just stop. He'd pull out a piece of paper and he would just write a rhyme on a mailbox or something. And then he would just put it away. And he did that for so long. What's up, sellers? He did that for so long that eventually his mind just started connecting the rhymes that he now uh, goes into the booth. He listens to the beat. He kind of gets the rhythm of it. And then he just goes for a walk or he goes to dinner with Beyonce. You know, he just goes live, lives life. And then he has the beat in his head. And he's thinking about the rhyme that he would say. And then he would just come back to the studio and be like, all right, yeah, I got it. All right, this is how I'm going to rhyme. Uh, and then he kind of just like lets it go. Like he, his brain was so connected in writing rhymes because of the magpie mind method. It's the same. You can use that same thing for comedy where it's like if you, if you just write often and collect often, you're, you're just going to be making those connections, you know? And then you also got to like, go out and get into conversation, you know, chat up someone you have a crush on, right? Go on dates and try to make them laugh with this. Everybody you meet, the cashier, uh, you know, the, the person driving the bus, all that. Eventually, all these connections and the things that you've collected will come together and it just becomes your identity. It just, it just, it just goes. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It kind of just like arises out of you. Um, that's why I do the podcast every single, well, I used to do it every day. I'm trying to get back into it. But if you're really serious about finding your sense of humor, you're not really a full-fledged comedian yet, and you want to make a lifestyle out of it, hit me up, man. I do coaching. Oh, man, this is an incredible segue. Look at me. Uh, I, I became a coach in 2020, certified virtual coach. I have about 13 clients so far. They're all doing great, a lot of progression. And I'm very dedicated to uh, bringing out the best in people. So if you guys ever want to explore your sense of humor, definitely look me up. Uh, just send me an email, manny at mannygaravito.com. Or just come out to one of our shows and just watch us do comedy, huh? Tonight, we're going to be over at Casa Tiki and Calle Ocho, as well as Focal Brewery and Little River. And then tomorrow, we're at Tripping Animals. And then Sunday night, we are back at Tipsy Flamingo, baby. Oh, back-to-back laughs. Here we go. All right, everybody. JP Justice Laughs. Welcome. Prezel, Explorer John R., What's up? What's up? Mocha Caramel. Hey, thanks for Sebastian. 
Rickle cigars. What's up, everybody? Uh, that this is the end. Oh yeah, one more thing. Um, don't forget that we are doing um a, a hundred dollar bar tab raffle. So if you would like to participate, where you have a chance to win a one hundred dollar bar tab to any of our shows, whether it's Red Bar, Sweet Caroline, Focal, Casa Tiki, Tripping Animals, Tipsy Flamingo, I'm giving away a hundred dollars worth of any bar tab in any of these places must be 21 and over. All you got to do is visit miamicomedy.com slash tab or visit the link in bio. Subscribe to our newsletter. We're going to do this every month. So at the end of September, I'm going to go live on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or whoever's tuning in. And I'm going to announce the winner. All right. Two, two things though. You've got to be 21 and over and you've also got to be from Miami. All right. I don't want a guy from Philadelphia winning this. And then he's got a hundred dollar bar tab. And then I don't know, you gotta, you gotta, I gotta wait for you to come down. Is that what I gotta do? Not gonna happen. All right. You gotta be from Miami. You gotta be a local and you gotta be 21 years or older. All right. Uh, These sound like Indian reservations, not comedy clubs. Well, no, man, we're in Miami, JP. There's not many comedy clubs here. So we work with what we've got. Uh, Red bar is a, is a bar in Brickle. Sweet is in Brickle. Focal Brewery. Oh, you're saying Casa Tiki. Okay, yeah. It's, it's a very uh, indigenous-themed bar. Hawaiian slash, uh, I don't know. What's another one? Hawaiian slash, uh, there's got to be more than just Hawaii that does the, uh, the tiki thing, right? You know what? Let's explore. You actually brought it up, JP Justice. I like this. Where does tiki come from? The word tiki itself was taken from Maori mythology, where it's the name of the first man ever created. Ooh, and refers to the carved statues of humans prevalent. Polynesia, there, that's the word that was stuck in my mind. I was like, there's more. There's no way Hawaii is the only place where tiki is a prominent thing. It's Polynesian. The post-war, the post-war tiki moment managed to stretch into the 70s, which is impressively long-lived as far as trends go. And this is from Eater.com. One Mai Tai, hold the colonial, colonial, colonialism, please. There you go, guys. You learn something new every day. All of them, when you say them together. The Philippines, uh, invasive species in Fort Lottie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you mean there. Prezel, Prezeli. But yeah, man, Polynesian. I forgot about Polynesian, man. Why didn't that word come to me? Polynesian. Polynesia is a subregion of Oceania made up of more than 1,000 islands scattered over the Central and Southern Pacific Ocean. The indigenous people who inhabit the islands of Polynesia are called Polynesians that have many things in common, including language, relatedness, cultural practices, and traditional beliefs. You know, if you go to Hawaii, you're only, you're only going to the tourism that is Polynesia. <laughs> Polynesia is the real deal, guys. Hawaii is like the Vegas of Polynesia. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man, Polynesia looks nice. There's even an island called Christmas. 
there you go guys and there's an area called oh wait hawaii is included in polynesia oh i get it now oh man see i'm i'm learning guys i'm learning with you oh, look at that say all the clubs first manhood all right guys we already uh extended our stay here i give you an extra 12 minutes thank you all for tuning into the miami comedy podcast i hope you really got a lot of uh benefit and understanding your sense of humor and learning how to recreate it so that you can make other people laugh. And even, you know, and most importantly, really to make yourself laugh on those days, like a rainy day here in Miami where everything is dark and you wake up questioning things and you wake up asking those philosophical questions. Don't forget to make yourself laugh. And I, like I always say, man, you got to make, you got to laugh every day. Laughing every day is the most beneficial thing you could probably do. So go find it. Go find your humor, share it with the world, because God damn it, we need it. The gullibility out there is at a thousand percent. Everybody's taking everything seriously. Everything's an issue, right? Your sense of humor is needed out there. All right, there you go, guys. That's it for the Miami Comedy Podcast. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great night. Bye, everybody.